Welcome back to the Trap Says Podcast. We're your hosts, Kim and Aaron, and this week's episode is an exciting one. We are back to doing the interviews, but this time we have started our Trap Says Podcast on YouTube. It is a video form, so you can either listen to it on audio or video, whatever is your pleasure. I will say, speaking of pleasure, the vibe is very like low budget porny. <laughs> um, you gotta start with what you got. So we don't have like professional lighting or a studio or anything. It's coming. At this point. So we basically, Aaron is using chip clips to clip little microphones to his computer. And we are basically using the lights um, that are on sensor. So they keep shutting off and it looks very skeezy. Yeah, we're also using Zoom, which isn't the best platform for podcasting, for video. But I will say- Our camera on our computer. Yeah, (laughs) but I will say the content is on fire. Yeah. The conversation is amazing, right? Like, it was such a fun interview. Well, before we get into that, basically, we were just saying, head over to um, Trav Says Podcast on YouTube. So you can watch our low-budget porn, if you would like. Um, And we interviewed this week our first video podcast ever, our first podcast that we're putting on the Trav Says Podcast on YouTube is with our friends and like favorite humans ever, our one of our favorite travel couples, Skip and Jazz Johnson. Yeah, and I, I will add to what Kim was saying, since she didn't come up for air during that little speech. I um, was flowing. You were, you bro. were flowing. But I was gonna say, if you head over to the Trap Says Podcast on YouTube, be sure to subscribe, like the video, okay. and share that out with your friends because that's how you grow. Kim thinks it's funny every time you say that, but it's like, that's how the podcast grows. No, I know. I just always think it's like a joke for YouTubers that they're like- Hammer that like yeah. button. Yeah, Ugh. but honestly, it's because if you don't tell people, they don't don't do it and then you need to grow like or else it's just not there's no point no i get it it was just okay like laughing because like all the youtubers do that and it's like so weird that's my terms and conditions okay and what was the other thing that i was gonna say i don't know oh we've said this before but basically our our plan is for this podcast so every single week there will be either the video option or you can just continue listening like you have been like that's not going to change we want to do two interviews a week or two interviews a month with other travelers in the community where we're talking to them and sharing their story and then Aaron and I will still be doing two episodes solo where one of them we want to do a Q&A where we'll be answering questions from the community so you can ask us about traveling healthcare traveling relationships entrepreneurship whatever like we're an open book um and so we'll be answering questions so you can actually text podcast to 904-474-8435 stop mouthing while i just i just wrote it on the website so I i was seeing if you remembered it say it again 904-474-8435. And you're also, texting podcast. It will also be in the show notes, but you can text us questions there and Aaron and I will be the only ones who will be able to see them. And then we'll continue. We'll have like one episode where we're just like, you know, doing our normal shooting the shit, like yelling, bantering with one another. So that's kind of the plan. And when we do the interviews, 
the goal is like we really want it to feel and we've said this before but like a happy hour with us it's it's fun it's conversational it's like if we were at dinner with skip and jazz what would we want and we're just grilling them what would we want to know um and just have it be fun and just kind of allow the conversation to lead the way and so i think that's the vibe that we delivered and i think it's really fun totally it was amazing okay. it was amazing for a first go i think so and we say this on the actual interview but this was the first, you know, Aaron and I are used to just podcasting together, which is, you know, pretty easy. And it's we, gotten we, easy. We talk to one another all the time. So this is the first podcast we've done in a very long time where we are interviewing someone else. So we're a little rusty and it's something that we just have to continue to work at and continue to get better at. And I know that we will as we go, but this is, we're flexing a new muscle and a new skill. Totally. And being on video and, and video being conscious of, of time. So those are all things we're working on. Yeah. So stay tuned. Um, and last thing we'll say is hopefully the time that you're listening to this, this week we will be announcing our Patagonia trip. What? We are, oh my God, I'm so excited. It's going to be epic. We're yeah. hoping to like etch out the final details next week and announce it. So Make sure that you are on the interest list if that's something that you are you want to know about or that you would want to sign up for. Um, and that's also in the show notes. So make sure. Yeah. And there's 12 yeah. spots available. So getting on that list is, is vital if you do want to go. Yeah. Small group. Okay. Without further ado, let me introduce our guests. What? Okay. So Skip and Jazz Johnson are a travel couple. And we met them at TravCon a couple of years ago. Our first, no, it was like, like our, our second, second TravCon, yeah. And they are just, you naturally gravitate towards them. Yeah. Like their energy, they're fun, they make you feel good. They're deep thinkers, but they're also just fun. Yeah, it's the best of both worlds. People that can have those kind of conversations, go deep, not stay surface, but still be like fun to hang around with. Yeah. I we, love that. I, I'm obsessed with them. They're like our spirit couple. Like we're already, when we got off the podcast, we ended up talking for like another hour yeah. and we're like, we're like, okay, we need to plan a weekend away, yeah. you know, like together, just monthly Zoom just calls, friends, yeah. you know, uh, yeah, monthly Zoom calls. Okay. Skip is a PT and Jazz, his wife actually works remotely. So she doesn't work in healthcare, which we get into in this podcast. Um, and she had some really great tips about this. But she works remotely, and she's currently working for the United States of America. <laughs> I almost said United States of America. University of Kansas. It's the same thing. Same Z's. Mm. They are experts on all the things van life for healthcare mm -hmm. travelers. If you are interested in learning about van life and building a van, creating a van, living in a van while taking contracts, you definitely want to check out this episode. But if you are not into van life, then this episode still has so, oh God. like we talk about so many amazing topics in this episode. Mm -hmm. So they're all sprinkled with that, like throughout the episode. So yeah, I mean, that's their thing. They built Bev and now they've built another van and they had no clue how to do it and learned it all. And we talk about all of that. And I will say, you know, it's one of those things you need to find out by listening. You think Beverly, their first van, had a good name? Wait till you hear the name of their second van. It's epic. Oh, are we not going to say no. it? No. Listen to the episode. Okay. Yeah. So they built one van. 
The last time we talked to them, this is the second time they've been on the podcast. The first time we talked to them, they were currently building out Bev. And they then took Bev on the road, lived in it, worked in it, and then decided to sell it, made money. And now they are building their new van. And they've learned everything from YouTube and blogs. They do everything themselves and they tell us why, because it seems like a lot of work, Yeah. Um, in this episode. And they also coach new PTs, SLPs, OTs on all things travel and really help new travelers really set them up for success and give them tips and guidance and mentorship and all the things. And one thing I absolutely love about them is their mantra in life is all about doing it afraid. Like be afraid, do it anyway, because growth is always on the other side of your fear, which is something that we feel very passionately about. Yeah. And they also, you know, really love showing people what's like possible. And they also inspire them to chase alternative lifestyles, which we connect with on a very, very deep level. Yes. Queen. Queen. <laughs> okay. And yeah, we love them. <laughs> okay. This just went to <laughs> shit in a handbasket. This is taking a turn. Yeah. I swear anyway, to God, can we is, just get into the I episode? I was just going to say a couple other things that we do talk about because I like people to know so they know Good. what they're getting into. Obviously, like I said, all things van life. But we also go back to the beginning of their story and they talk about how they got into traveling, why they got into traveling. And really how they, like going from living in a small town in the middle Midwest, like the middle of the country, leaving that small town to start traveling and that how that really helped them rediscover themselves mm-hmm. and find other passion and, and use this lifestyle as, as travelers to be able to work less and then use the time that they have to explore other passions explore other sides of themselves, um, travel for fun and have all these cool adventures. And it's just, yeah, it's a really fun conversation. Like I said, Jazz gives some tips on working remotely. Anything else? No, it's it's super, super value packed and literally enough of us rambling our asses off here. But um, let's welcome them in. Yeah. Welcome Skip and Jazz to the Trav Says Podcast. Both video and audio. before we hit record you are our very first video interview we've ever done and our first like interview we've done in uh, well, two probably years since then, yeah. Like, we yeah since we interviewed you last like that hey, really <laughs> like it's been it's been a it's minute been a hot minute and so we've been talking to each other and so it's, it's so much easier to just kind of riff off each other but now it's like this whole dynamic we're, we're, we're growing with the podcast. Yeah. So we're glad that you yeah. guys are here because you guys are so easy to talk to and so much fun. So it'll be nice to start rip the bandit off with you guys. If we're watching, bear with us. <laughs> I'm really excited. I don't even know if she remembers this, but this was our first like podcast we were ever on too. So it's just kind of like full circle. Stop it. Wow. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Hi. Yeah, he said he listened to the first one we did with you, yeah. or I don't know when, but um, he was like, "Man, we've just grown so much since then." I'm like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, I, I, I'm sure that was. I felt like so. It feels like so long ago, right? I know. I think it was maybe a year or two ago. We interviewed them in Palm Coast. Three years. Three years, because we were oh, building yeah. our 
the first band, which was in 2020. So okay. I know. So for the listeners, if you don't know, we interviewed Skip and Jazz three years ago. Two. And I thought you said three. <laughs> Two. Okay. Two. Two, three, whatever. <laughs> and at the time, you guys were just building your very first band. Beverly. Beverly. Sweet Bev. Sweet Bev. Shout out. Oh, and you hadn't lived in her yet. You hadn't traveled in her yet. You hadn't finished her yet. And in this two-year period, not only have you finished the van, lived in the van, worked in the van, sold the van, but now you're building, building a new van, van, which is <laughs> which amazing. is exciting. At the same time. We're like so excited to dive into that. But I, I really want to know where you guys were before you even started traveling like what was that life like for you guys what what were you doing like what did that look like like before travel was even a thing so we started dating in grad school um we've been friends for a really long time since we were 18 but sparks didn't fly until like 22 or 23 something like that years but, old yeah yeah she had a boyfriend when we met but um like anyway <laughs> So we were living in Kansas City, which is actually where we're at now because we own a property here and kind of pop back here as needed. Um, but we went to grad school, me in Kansas City, her in Pittsburgh, and then she moved up to Kansas City after grad school. I worked for about a year as a perm PT, and it only took about six months for us to decide that like the nine to five grind, like the normal lifestyle was just not for us because it was just draining everything that we had. Um, and to kind of add on to that, so I had been work. I graduated uh, grad school a year before him. So when he started, I had already been into the workforce for like a year, and I was like coming home crying, like you know, three days three days out of the week. And I remember feeling guilty because the job was great. I like had my own office. It was a small company. I could move up in it. All of these things, and I could not figure out why I was just so unhappy. And then. When he started working, he worked weekends and I worked the week. And so we were kind of like, didn't really get to spend time together. And then uh, there was, a, you know, a week between Christmas and New Year's that I had the whole week off and we got to hang out and we were like, man, we get to like eat breakfast together. We, you know, <laughs> get to go to lunch, like just the little things we like saw, like how much we like loved and missed them. And so we were like, we got to do something different. Like we just, we just have to make a change. And then a lot of people, I don't know if they know this, but I was kind of the one that pushed him into travel PT or travel therapy um, because we met because I thought I wanted to be a physical therapist. And then I was like, people smell. I don't want to do this. <laughs> so, yeah. so I knew of like, you know, travel therapy. And um, I remember him saying at first, like, no, I don't want, I don't know if I want to do that. You know, I kind of want to like maybe move up like at the clinic that I stay at. And then, yeah. And then, so six months into six months into him being in the, at a hospital, he was like, okay, yeah, we can't do this. Like let, let's move. Let's, you know, and let's... I also, I also had a really, really good first job. It was my last clinical experience. And I just kind of slid into a full-time position there and had really good mentors. It was like a great inpatient rehab uh, situation, but it again, like our souls were just being drained yeah. by the life we were living. So we started looking into like maybe uh, buying a house in Kansas City and getting a puppy. And then we were like, no. So then we started looking into moving to Colorado. And I actually like interviewed for a perm position there and they really wanted me to come, but they wanted us to come too early. So we would have been paying double rent, which we couldn't afford. So that went to the wayside. And then we, we, um, 
I started calling around to different job recruiters and one of them ended up being a travel therapy recruiter, which I didn't, I wasn't aware of when I called him. And then he was like, have you ever thought of travel therapy? And I was like, mm, yeah, kind of. So I started chatting with him. Um, and that's kind of what sparked us into researching the lifestyle. And, you know, we were watching your guys' stuff. We were watching, you know, all of the different resources that were out there at the time, learning more about the lifestyle. And we just decided that's the route we wanted to go. So we sold all of our stuff in our Kansas City apartment, including my car, took her one car out to Santa Cruz, California for our first assignment. and. That's all she wrote. Wow. <laughs> wow. So Good. it seems like you guys then knew pretty quickly into your careers. Like you were saying, like, this isn't the life for us. We want more freedom. We want more adventure. Like this grind is just not for us. And you found out about traveling really quickly. <laughs> and then it took a little bit to warm you up, Skip. And then you guys were like, hell yeah, let's do the damn thing. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to say too, full transparency, Kim, Kim was like, well, you know, I really want to find out how they got into traveling because I'm sure Skip was the one that pushed it. That's but everybody thinks that we just learned. That's all. So, <laughs> how did you find out about it, Jazz? How did you know about it? Well, because I, I, you know, an undergrad, I thought I wanted to be a physical therapist, and so I don't, I don't know why I knew it existed, but I, I think, I mean, travel I nursing know. was even pretty well known, you yeah. know, when we were in grad school. So I yeah. think we just heard. I mean, I knew about it too. I just. I'm from a smaller town than she is. And, you know, Kansas city was like this big glorious place to me, whereas she grew up in more of like a city. So like, I was just probably more content than she was at the time. Cause I grew up in like the boonies and she grew up. I traveled know, like, a lot, like growing up. Yeah, so yeah. I just, I don't know. I just came, I just, I don't know how I knew exactly how it is. One of those things. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And you guys, you lived together at the time, but you weren't married. Correct. Mm -hmm. Right. So you lived together and you owned a home or you were just renting or like at the time we were just renting uh okay. we bought a place last year okay yeah. so you were just renting and you're like let's sell everything and like get on the road oh. yep. and then we we left for california we had a week booked at an airbnb we had no idea where were we were going to stay like of course you did it yeah and and we started out like the first week was like it was pretty bad like yeah that was, was probably his worst contract like it was still a good contract but it was probably the worst one he's had and also the so at the week uh at the airbnb the the it was like with a family and we were downstairs like across from like their kids that were like two years old and like three years weird. old and and there was like <laughs> Yeah, there was like like they were very kind it was like a beautiful really nice, house yeah. it was in a good area but like there was like i'm like you know with airbnb there's no like background check like we could have just like you no know, you're like you're lucky we're not creeps you yeah, know? But yeah. Anyways, it was like not ideal because their kids were you know kind of loud and <sighs> i was stressed with my first job i hadn't worked outpatient like as a real world pt yet so it was it was very stressful but like never once did we doubt yeah even through that experience that like we weren't doing exactly what we wanted to be doing. Okay. Cause I was going to ask you guys, like after that, were you just like, what were we thinking? Like leaving oh. these push jobs in our home and all the things you guys still knew, like we're onto something here. Like this is even, fun. even like on the drive out, like it's so weird. Cause I mean, I guess like we had our, you know, hesitancies or else we would have dove in and dived into it sooner. But like even on the drive out, like it just felt right. Like, you know, mm -hmm. like again, in our souls, like it felt right. Yeah. So like even through all the hardships, like never, ever once did we think like we made the wrong decision. 
Yeah. That's totally how we, how we feel. We remember looking in the rearview mirror at Kenton's sister and dad and brother-in-law like waving. And like, we were like, we looked at each other like, what are we doing? Yeah. But it felt so right. And it was just like, so I was so excited. I just wanted to get there and like get going. Cause again, you know, when we started, we thought it was a scam to be honest. And so then we got yeah. into it and we were like, this is real. Like, yeah. Holy crap. Well, we check every Friday, like what? Yeah. Yeah. And we get to like live in cool places and we make way more money than we made both of us working full time, like working our ass off. Like, yeah, like this is a dream come true. But in the beginning, we weren't sure. But like you were saying, it was like, even though it really didn't make sense in a lot of ways for us to leave and everybody thought we were crazy, that gut feeling, that inner knowing of just like, we know that we are doing the right thing and like we have to trust our hearts and yeah look at us Here now yeah. cheers, cheers to that cheers to yeah. Yeah. Cheers. your hearts you guys <laughs> even when okay here's here's a question when you guys decided that you're doing the damn thing we're quitting our jobs we're selling our stuff we're gonna hit the road and you told your friends and family I know Skip you're from a smaller town you know in the midwest were they like y'all are crazy or yeah. like skipping jazz, let them go. <laughs> I mean, they we've always kind of been probably more free spirited than most of the people around us, but not nearly to the extent we are now. But yeah, um, yeah sure. people definitely thought we were crazy. Um, her boss was like, he's lived in California for her boss at the time had lived in California. Yeah. He's like, you guys will be back in three months. Yeah. Um, oh, was that what wow. he said, or was that what my dad's friend said? Yeah, he's yeah. My boss said you'll be you'll 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 blah, you'll be back in three months, and then his dad was like, "You guys are gonna hate California." Somebody had told him that we would hate California. Yeah, and, and we love California. We basically like, right? traveled in California. <laughs> like, I, yeah. What's the hate? I know. Right? I mean, it's expensive, yeah. but I mean, shoot, it's yeah. amazing. The sides, right. yeah, yeah, mountains, ocean. Food. If you know where, if you know where Kansas lands on the map, we're about as landlocked as you can possibly be in the U.S. So we very much appreciate being near, you know, the ocean and mountains. And yeah, was that your first time to California? It was mine. Yeah, I I lived in um, San Diego with my mom for like two years when I was like five or six. So I don't remember a lot, but I think that's always like I've always felt like deep somewhere inside me, like. I'm going to live in California someday. I never knew how that would happen or if it was actually going to come true. But looking back, I see now that I was like, I was going to live in California at some point. Yeah, I totally get that. We had like the Pacific Coast Highway on in California, one of our vision boards, like way back in the day, like before we could even afford afford to go anywhere, like leave the house. We're like, one day we're going to go to California. (laughs) We're going to go on the Pacific Coast Highway. We're going to see the Golden Gate Bridge. And it was such a dream that I didn't know how it was going to happen. And then it's like, fast forward years later, we like lived there. And we're like, we lived on the Pacific Coast Highway. Like it was literally the road behind us. And we were just like, wow, (laughs) like that's crazy. It's it's powerful. It really is. What did you think, Skip, when you first got there? Were you like, this is amazing? Oh, yeah. I mean, I even before I knew anything about California, really, besides the movies and TV shows, people would say, like, if I didn't know better, I would guess that you're from California. (laughs) I I grew my hair out the first time, like in Kansas as a Midwesterner in PT school. And then all my uh, like instructors were like poo-pooing it because you're not professional if you have long hair. But anyway, so I feel like I've always kind of belonged, I guess, near the ocean. Like 
whenever we're near the ocean, it's like, we get so like giddy and smiley and excited. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think that's mostly what I felt when we showed up is we were just like, oh my gosh, water. Yeah, <laughs> I totally, totally feel that. So you had mentioned something that first, you say the week, the first week of your job was kind of stressful, the first three weeks, or was it just the first week? Well, the first, I mean, the first two weeks are always stressful, you know, just like learning oh. a new EMR, like meeting new coworkers, learning a new system, learning a new building x y and z but um especially the first week was stressful just because i didn't have a really great director at my first job it's like he wasn't really looking out for me he was just you know here you go throwing right. me in which, which now i like now i can handle i was but i was like a new grad at the time and like had a lot of questions and things like that so it was it was mostly stressful because of the management situation i guess but like treating patients and stuff wasn't stressful um, i guess starting a new starting a new setting like as a real world PT was a little bit stressful as well. Yeah, but, totally. you know, that, that like anxious, you know, nervous energy has dissipated the more and more contracts I've taken. And you've gotten better at like, kind of like asking the questions in the interview. So you don't put yourself in that. Yeah, that's position. true. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Pro move. Pro move. Pro no, I, know. I was just going to say, so during that stressful time of like your first travel assignment, you're just like, did you ever say that, okay, this isn't for me or were you like, okay, I want to push through this because that's, I mean, that's your first assignment, right? You're away from home. Yeah. It's stressful. It's crappy. Like, there were, so, there were some like little dr dramatic moments. Like I remember probably after the first three assignments, I, there yeah. were, there was a point during the first one or two weeks that I, I think I said something like jazz. I don't know how much longer I can do this, but you know, it was like, it was like one day and then yeah. the next day I'd wake up and I'd be like, okay, drama queen, you know? Like, yeah. So, so, so then I learned that after his first couple of weeks, that's what he would say. And then I would say, it's going to get better. Or like, you know, like, I know that this isn't really how you feel. It's just in this moment, it feels so heavy or pressure, you know, whatever it may yeah. be. You know, I was just like the first time I was like, you know, okay, like we're going to try it. You know, maybe we just take one or two more yeah. contracts and then go back home but then like it happened like two or three times but always by the end of the contract he was like I love this I can never go back to firm life yeah it, it was yeah. definitely more of like a mindset self-worth thing than it was like the situation at hand because I've always just like given 150 percent of what I have to what I'm doing and I felt like I wasn't you know like necessarily giving my patients like the best that I could but it's I guess so it was kind of the situation I was in because you know you're doing the best you can with the resources that you have and you just started a new job and it takes you longer to document so I just I think I was having like a conflict of like you know like morals or something like like I wasn't yeah. doing everything I could even though that I even though I was and that's what was sparking the kind of like I don't know how much longer I can do this not yeah. not that like it didn't feel right if that makes right sense. I totally get that and I think there's a learning curve too, especially when you're used to the same place and the same people and you have your flow and you, you completely uproot that and you walk into a completely new place and you're like, um, okay, I have to learn. Everything is brand new. All of the people, the systems, it's overwhelming. Um, and we've been doing it for 10 years and it still feels overwhelming those first couple of weeks. And you, <laughs> you click in and you find your flow, you know, and I think the more experience you have, the more confident you feel and the easier it gets. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to ask you, oh, I just say, I was going to say, uh, yeah. we've been doing this 10 years and last week was my second week. And I told Kim, I walked in and said, I, I almost walked out of the contract today. And mm -hmm. she said the same thing of just like, 
you know, it gets better, you know, yeah. you your really? but I literally walked up, put my stuff down. I was like, I almost walked out and I, I we'll, we'll fucking figure it out. We'll figure yeah. it out. And she was like, no, like back, <laughs> slow down there, Bobby. Yeah. yeah. Pump the brakes. <laughs> we always have the same conversations and then it, it always ends up clicking in and then yeah. we're like, oh, we have three weeks left. Like it right. goes so fast. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to ask you, Skip, and then I want to circle back to jazz because I, jazz, like we mentioned in the intro, jazz works from home. And so kind of what that was like for you too, of working from home and, and being in a different place and all of that. But for Skip, I know as a PT, you can travel right out of school. And for, we're both radiology and you have to have at least two years. There's our light. Ta-da. <laughs> Not every light. <laughs> Not a sensor. It just comes on. Um, we have to have two years of experience at least before we can get out there and start traveling. So do you think like as a PT that being a new grad is it's something that you wish maybe you would have had a little bit more experience before jumping into traveling? Or do you think that had anything to do with really feeling overwhelmed and you kind of can like figure it out on the fly? No, I did one year of like a perm job and I felt like that was actually sufficient like completely and I know lots of new grads who have just jumped right in I think it just has to do with like your personal confidence level because again I don't think it had anything to do with my skills when I started but it was more like how I how I viewed myself and how I was doing Mm -hmm. so it was more like inner work that I had to do and that's I guess maybe I wish that could have happened earlier but like clinically and skills wise I feel like I was completely ready for travel and probably even you know right out of school I was as well Um, It would just probably be recommended to do your first travel assignment in something you've done as a student so that you're not like, you know, working in acute care for the first time when you've taken all outpatient clinical experiences or something like that. Like, I definitely wouldn't recommend that because you're not getting, you know, most jobs, you're not getting like that mentorship and everything that you would like going into a new setting. But um, so, no, I I actually do. We kind of help like travelers or uh, therapists get into travel. And I do recommend travel to people as new grads, as long as they feel very confident in their skills. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, you know, same thing I just told you guys, like, just try to land your first assignment in something that you've worked in before and feel confident in. Yeah. Well, and we always say too, you can be a sonographer for five or 10 years, but it's not really based on the length of time you've been doing what you're doing. It's more about the confidence and the skill set, and also the willingness to just kind of roll up your sleeves and learn yeah. something new and jump in and like figure it out too, mm-hmm. you know? But I mean, that's what I love about the both of you is you guys are so open-minded. You're so willing to work on yourselves and that, that self-reflection mm-hmm. is huge as a traveler. I mean, if you go in closed-minded and just like, I'm the best, then you're going to be in for a rude awakening very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. it's, we always say it's not about the quantity, it's the quality of the work you've done. There's students that have worked in IR at trauma facilities that can literally have six months and surpass a rural IR tech and that's been doing it for 30 years. So, yeah. you know, it's just like you said, it's knowing thyself. Well, and just yeah. to feedback, sorry, just to piggyback off what you said, because I think it's really powerful as like a side note, you mentioned like a lot of the struggles or challenges were more mental, right? It wasn't your actual skills. Mm-hmm. And I think as travelers that is always the biggest um, opportunities for growth, right? Is that we're constantly being pushed out of our comfort zone. We're constantly mentally, you know, questioning ourselves. We feel, you know, out of our normal flow. And when we're triggered, it's a great opportunity to be like, okay, what's going on? How can I grow? What can I learn? What's going on here? 
that can make me, you know, more confident moving forward, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think probably the bigger challenging part as a probably newer grad going into travel is the having the willingness or the like gumption to advocate for yourself because you are a new grad and you feel like weird saying or advocating to yourself to maybe older PTs or management. Cause I, that's probably why my first couple of assignments didn't go as well as I wanted. Cause you know, I wasn't willing to kind of like put my foot down as much or like just voice my concerns or like, you know, if you're going to give me six evaluations on the first day, like I don't know how to use the electronic medical record. And unless you want me to take overtime today, then you need to give me some time to document. You know, I would say that as nicely as possible, but (laughs) now as an experienced clinician, like I don't hesitate to say things like that, even on the first day, because I'm like, this is the reality of the situation. In most places it's illegal to work off the clock. So like, yeah, I'm respectful. What yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I can also yeah. be a little sassy when I'm describing it, but I say it yeah. very professionally and nicely. Totally. So I might call it sassy nice at times. But... I like that sassy nice. But yeah. that's what you have to do. I mean, you have to yeah. stand up for yourself. You just had this issue at his new job where the first week they asked him randomly if he could pick up call. There was nobody to take call. And he was like, okay, I'll do it to be nice. I was, you know, he's the new guy. You feel like you kind of have to. And then the following week, they asked, they said he had to do it again. And well, he was like, was, uh, no. They said was, tomorrow. They're like, so on Thursday, there's an open shift. You're going to take it. I was like, absolutely not. And they're like, what? What, you got stuff going on? I was like, actually, I do. Yeah. Like, I have a lot <laughs> going on. And I took last week, so you guys can figure it out. Like, I'm not here to just take all of your shit. Like, yeah. I'm not doing it. You got to set a boundary, a sassy. Sassy nice. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and say, like, because I, people will walk o- all over you, too, if you don't. Yeah you know as a traveler give them an inch and they'll take a mile sort of yeah. really. again so, if, you, if you like screen these people through the interview I feel like it's really it's it is very doable to even sometimes avoid those situations just based on how the manager's communicating with you and things like that yeah totally interviews totally. are so important, they're everything right? everything okay I just, yeah I wanted to say so we get tons of questions always what if my partner is in healthcare and my wait did I say that right what if I'm in healthcare. My partner isn't. Mm-hmm. We travel. I mean, it's just like constant. And so you guys are the picture perfect couple to actually explain that. So you said you quit your job. So did you have to find another job that you could re- work remote remote or did you already know going into it? I could do this. So when we first started traveling, I was a financial analyst. And again, like I said, I was like coming home, like two or three days of the week, like in tears. Cause I was just so unhappy. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking like, when we started um, <clears throat> thinking about doing travel therapy, I was like, I'm going to ask them if I can take my job remotely. And I was like, and if they say no, then I'm just not going to stay. Like, I don't care what I have to do. Like I will work at Starbucks. Like not, there's nothing, you know, like I will yeah. work at the grocery store. I will do uh, whatever I have to do to not be in the situation. And it was kind of because like, that job, they were like, if you weren't sitting at your desk, then you weren't working. And I was like, I can still be productive and contribute. Even if I'm at home, I'm probably going to be more productive, like being in my own space and not doing like water cooler talk. Right. Um, yeah. So I took, they, they, I laid out a plan and I was like, you know, this is, this is how I will track my work, how you, how you'll know what I'm doing when I'm logged on. Um, and that worked. And so I was able to take that job on the road for about a year And then we kind of knew that 
so the agreement was that we'd come back in one to two years, but then after a year we were like, okay, yeah, we're not going back. I know this now, like I can see this just like, isn't going the way I thought it was going to. So um, I ended up leaving. And I think at the time I left because uh, Nomadicare had a job opening. So I was like, let me go there and I'll just start doing contract work. Um, and so at that point I just did contract work for different like small companies here and there. And then worked for a real estate investors for about two years. And now I am where I am um, at the University of Kansas being a research project coordinator. I know that's a lot of information, but the point of all of that is if you can get creative and use your skill sets, then you can find a job to work remotely. And a lot of jobs, like if you are willing to learn, then they will train you. If you have like these certain skill sets and you can kind of show like the relationship, like there's a way to take your skills. I mean, unless you're like, a doctor, you know, or right. like maybe well, even like a now. I was gonna say yeah, they can that's they can, true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's just all I don't, yeah. I, there's just all these ways that you can find a way to work remotely. And you, you know, there's like Upwork and Fiverr and, mm -hmm. and those things. And I know that like sometimes jobs might be like three dollars an hour. So you kind of have to like get creative and find ways to make it work, but there is a way. Well, what about like flex jobs? Yeah. Flex, flex jobs is a huge resource. It's like one of the biggest, um, job sites with remote works okay. with remote jobs. And, um, it's, I think it, so it does cost, there's like a monthly cost, but there's usually like discounts where you can get a membership for like $3 and 50 cents or something. Oh, wow. and it's all just like jobs that are available that are specifically remote. Yep. Or, or hybrid or anything, but they like, they vet the job. So, you know, it's real. Wow. That's, That's such a great resource. What's it called? Flex jobs. Yeah. Flexjobs.com. And what's been nice about her kind of like working in several different industries or job positions, whatever you want to call it is we've kind of like gained a lot of random skills mm -hmm. because we've like looked into both actually looked into doing like copywriting jobs. So we've taken a course on like copywriting. We've taken a course mm -hmm. on blogging, like we just love to learn. We're kind of like nerds in that aspect. Like, like the, the, the course obsessive people, I don't even know what to call oh. it. Like, we, yeah, project next, which yeah. is like a starting your own business, like mm -hmm. uh, Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi. Like we've taken all sorts of courses mm -hmm. and those things can be like expensive to buy the course, but we know that those are going to up-level our skills and pay off long-term. So it's here, been here. nice to kind of like learn about all those different, like niches through her kind of looking into other things as yeah. well because I'm getting new skills from it too yeah totally. no you guys are such our people like we're the exact same way like learn as much as you can we take tons of courses you can also learn so much on YouTube what we're mm -hmm. going to get into when we talk about your van build mm -hmm. um but there's so much great um information there's so much access to people that you normally wouldn't have access to on podcasts or youtube or through courses that you can gain so much knowledge and learn things and that's totally. like our biggest passion is like learning totally as much as possible. well and then also you know one of the benefits that came out of covid is there's a lot more remote work now that, yeah. that wasn't ever i mean one of my buddies worked for merrill lynch and i called him for his birthday on october 1st and he's like nope still not back in the office <laughs> and he's like and i don't think i am going to be so he was a full desk job, um, you know, running a department. And now he's, he said his productivity is through the roof and his bosses are actually really excited because now they don't have to pay for him to come to the office and the electricity and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. 
Well, so it's fun- it? yeah, it's funny that you say that because after, so I left the job in 20 or like sometime in 2019 and then COVID hit and then that company went fully remote and I was texting one of like my coworkers there that I was close with. And I was like, Hey, how's it going? Like blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, we're all working remotely and we'll probably never go back into the office. And I was like, See, See? <laughs> like, yes. I, you were onto something. You were you? a trailblazer. Yes. Yeah. I was like, things still get done. Even if you're at home. That's crazy. Yeah. So um, oh God. No, go ahead. I, I just want to add just to the topic of like, when you're, when you're the partner staying home, mm-hmm. if you're not in healthcare there, it was, it was challenging after I left my finance job just to kind of find my like self-worth or like you know, I just really, I used to define myself and what I did. I I still struggle with it sometimes, but not as much as I used to, but um, define myself by what I did. And when I kind of lost that part of me or lost that, how would you say it? Like, I just, you're, I mean, we're both like achievers, believe it or not, like achiever mentalities, like have a little bit of type A to us, but we're very like chill type A people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So she just had a lot of her identity tied to what she did. And so it was like, you know, when you weren't working for a little bit, uh-huh. it was like she had lost her self-esteem a little bit. Yeah. She had to kind of, kind of, you know, like do the inner work, get her self-esteem back, you know, like climb back out of that hole. Like know that I'm still loved, even if I'm not like at this fancy job or if I'm not like contributing as much financially as I used to. Mm-hmm. It was, it was hard. I like, there was probably like six months, hard six months where I was like, like, do I go back? I don't like, I don't want to do this, but do I go back home and get a job so that I'm contributing more? Like, you know, what do I do? And then I also struggled with like my role being like the dishes and the laundry, like, you know, like if he's at work, like not like we, we always have a balance, but like at that time, that was my way of contributing. And I am not really like the mom type or like, or, or like that caregiver type where it's like, laundries dishes clean up like go to the grocery store like I genuinely do not like those sort of things so I really struggled and it was it just took time to kind of work through that and now she's working and I'm not right now so I'm doing all those things and I'm like see it's wonderful it's not not like this whole thing where you're you're just being the housewife no no I I never I never thought that but I will say I love it when I'm like done working I'm like everything's clean like the laundry's done I'm like okay I'll work you stay home (laughs) yeah I totally get that and like just going back to what you were saying about you know your identity being wrapped up in what you do and kind of losing that and and having to rediscover of like okay now I have some choices what do I want to be doing yeah access to these courses you might you know coaching and blogging and YouTube and building bands and all these cool things and projects you guys have been doing like you get to kind of explore other parts of yourself of like, well, what do I want to do? If I'm not doing that, what can I focus my energy into? No, totally. And I think even on my first assignment, that was the first time she, she hasn't worked since high school or even into that period. And I just remember coming home and she was like, I'm writing now and I'm blogging and I'm going to the park and I'm doing this. And I was still working. And then it flipped where she took the next assignment Mm -hmm. and I was off. And I remember sitting in Wisconsin at 12 o'clock and like falling asleep on the couch till like three, just feeling like, what do I do now? Like I have no idea who I am, what I do, what I could be doing. But then once you get that itch and that tickle and you're like, wait a minute, like that's on me. So I started playing the guitar. Then I started writing. Then I started working at a gym and asking them if I could do their marketing for them. And it all just kind of 
spiraled into like, okay, like I can do this, but you're right. That first three months was brutal. Yeah. It's almost like I remember having a conversation and then I'll end it. My uh, stepfather-in-law, he was like, it's solitary confinement for a reason. um, When you go into prison, because we were in Wisconsin coming from Florida in the dead of winter. And so it wasn't like I could just jump in the the car and go. So I was like trapped in the apartment. And I was the first time I'd never worked. And that was my thoughts were running through my head. Things I've never heard before. And it was, it was crazy. But it's a really positive thing if you allow it to come through and give you direction. But it feels wonky at first, right? And I totally agree with like the whole housewife thing. And that's so great for so many people that love it. And it's yeah. hard work. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. I'm exhausted, right? <laughs> um, but it is, it's like, it's not as fulfilling to be like, I cook and I clean, I do the groceries. Like I need more. And mm-hmm. that's when I kind of got into the blogging and things. And I was like, oh, wow, this is exploring a creative side I never knew was there. Like, let's see where that goes, you know? But I will say it is nice when you're the one working, <laughs> when you come home and you're just like, everything is done and you're not like, oh, Saturday, we have to go to the grocery store. We have to do laundry. Yeah. Like you get to just enjoy your time off because it's, it's, it's handled. Mm-hmm. You have like your, your house husband yeah. over here. Holding yeah. Down. yeah. And and this is like the beautiful thing about travel. It's like, it's given us all that opportunity to explore that. And like the moment and like the time the to, extra time. yeah, the extra time when your like partner can kind of provide financially, it's like you, you get that instead of just going to a job from nine to five and going through the motions, you, you yeah, yeah, have I that space. I'm currently going, it's like every time I stop working, I go through it again. Cause right now I'm like a mess. Like yeah. I sit there in the morning and I'm like, okay, like what, are, there's so much I want to do. Where do I even start? You know? So I'm having to like retrain myself again. Like, okay. At the beginning of the day, you have to decide on three things you that are most important to get done. And like, I'm going through that whole process again. Mm-hmm. And I used to just like hide behind socialization all the time. Like in my, probably until I was like 27, like whenever I had a free moment, I'd be hanging out with friends or, you know, doing something, playing in a sport, like, but having travel and kind of being away from everybody I know has really kind of like forced me into myself. And I've just learned so much about myself in the last four years. And just like, I'm a completely different person on the other side. It's wild. I love that. I know, that's beautiful. I love that. And I think too, like, like you were saying in the beginning, it's always really messy. Mm-hmm. And we, every time we like kind of reset, it's like, we feel like we have a zillion things we want to do and we want to learn this and we want to focus on this and we got to do this. And it's like, it's almost so overwhelming to look at that. You're kind of like, uh, maybe we do nothing. Cause it's, it's yeah. Analysis like process. Yeah. But I love what you said. It's like, okay, you know, pick the three things. And that's what we, it's like, you always feel anxious until you get a list and you get a plan in motion. Cause mm-hmm. once you get in motion, you're like, you get into the flow and you're like, okay. Like, and you build momentum and then it starts to kind of fall yeah. in place eventually. No, totally. Yeah. And I think like categorizing the value of healthcare traveling into the fact that you get time mm-hmm. and yeah. that is like, it's so hard. And we talk about it in our live streams all the time is just like time people, like nobody will ever give that back to you. It's the most valuable thing. And you have it yeah. as a traveler. Yeah, you can't necessarily, you can't really buy time. Like, you can always make more money, but you can't get your time back. Yes. There it is. I was actually just having this conversation with my sister. So my friend was going to be leaving a job, but it would make her happier. She would have more time, but she wasn't going to have as much money. And that was like a thing. And I was just like, and we feel this way. I know you guys do too. It was just like, I would rather 
work less and minimize life, minimize all the things and have more time and freedom to not only just enjoy your life and travel, but to work on other passion projects and all the other things, then money's great. Like, don't get me wrong, but I would much rather have more time than work my ass off just to like be stacking the cash, you know, get it girl. <laughs> mm. I'm looking at the time and I'm like, crap, are we going to get to van life? <laughs> no, I was just going to say, speaking of, let's transition into van life because you guys are the experts in healthcare traveling when it comes to that. And I think just kind of starting, like, we obviously have been talking about your whole travel journey, but when did you guys were you like, maybe we should build a van and live in it? Like, that sounds like a great idea and travel. Like, where did that come from? We have different stories on this, so I'm going to let her. Okay. Um, again, it was, it, was, it was my idea. I'm the idea starter of this relationship. He's more of like I'm the, the executor. I'm the doer. And yeah. she's the idea generator. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I still help do things, well, but, you know. I mean, I also help generate yeah. ideas. Yeah, yeah, but. yeah. So we have the, okay. the visionary and the integrator. That's what we just learned in the book yeah. reading. And the, I'm the visionary. She's the integrator. But so. I'm also a visionary. Totally. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also an integrator. Oh, okay. yeah. Correct. Me too. We're all all the things. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I I guess when we first started traveling, um, we kind of always knew that we wanted like a tiny home on wheels. And I think we had the when we first started, it was like RV at some point. And then once I started looking into what type of vehicle to get, I was like, wait a second. I feel like a van would suit us better because like RV, there's just more maintenance. It's like, you can't just like go into a city. It's harder to drive. Um, so in 2020, I got obsessed with van life. It's like YouTube, you, yeah, van life. YouTube, YouTube blogs. Yeah. I, I, it was all I could think about and all I could do for like four or five months straight. And he was on contract in LA at the time. And um, and then the pandemic hit. And so his contract got ended two weeks early. So in his, I'll, I'll tell my story and then he can tell his, but I knew that we were going to build a van that summer after his contract was over. Like I, oh, I, knew I that too. you knew it too, but you were like, I don't know if it's the time yet. I don't know like when or how or whatever, but like I had been doing all this research. And so I was just thinking now's the time, like, let's go back home. We're financially ready to build this van out. But, um, I mean, that's practically what I thought too. I think, I think I always just say like, we didn't know we were going to do it right when we got home and we didn't actually, we took a month or a month and a half and you mm-hmm. were kind of doing like your freelance copywriting at the time. But, and then she was also like, of course, looking for vans online and then she found Obviously. the one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, I mean, I'm not really that hard to convince of things. Right. That's how he is. Yeah. I can and, convince him of anything. At they, first it's usually no. And then like once it brews in his mind, then it's yes. Yeah. Great idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can I ask you guys why you decided to build a van than just buy one that was already like ready to go for you? Oh that's a big project. Self or like um professionally converted or even DIY converted vans that are already finished are just way, way, way more expensive than buying your own like you know, shell and building it out yourself. Okay. Um, so that's, I mean, basically money. We did, we yeah. had the money to DIY build a van, but we didn't have the money to buy a one that was already built out. So we decided we were going to figure out how to build a van, even though we knew 0% how to do it. Zero. So, um, I mean, is it, is it significantly different? Like significantly to buy a, a fully? Oh, it, it's at least, I mean, it's 
at least double, probably more like triple or quadruple the cost. Wow. Okay. Because especially we just, now. We were just talking about time and I know you guys value your oh, time. Yeah. And so how much, you know, that's what I'm, that's yeah. what I'm wondering. If it's that significant, then yes. I was just wondering yeah, yeah. it was like five. Well, there, there weren't any jobs coming up anytime soon. There were like five PT jobs nationwide because of the pandemic. So we were like, now's the time. Because okay. what job am I going to get anyway? You know what I mean? So let's have uh, a fun project. Yeah. And we did, you know, we spent three months of our life basically sun up to sundown. I mean, either researching or executing or the building. plan. Yeah. Or, yeah. And, but it was so worth it because we didn't know how to use like power tools. We didn't know how to, anything about electrical. We didn't know anything about plumbing. And we learned from YouTube and blogs. We just, you know, kept our, yeah. heads down and just like kept grinding away and reading blogs and watching YouTube videos and figured out how to do all of it. And wow. just our skills are so, so leveled up from it. It's wild. Yeah. I, I would to add on to that. I would say like our building skills, but also just our confidence mm. and our self and our self-worth. Um, I think that we really, really grew in that experience, especially mm-hmm. I really watched him grow because I remember at the beginning of the build, anytime we would like start to tackle something, it was, I don't know how to do that. And now it's, let me figure out how to do this. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, yeah, it was just like, yeah, maybe finance. I mean, maybe you could say you spent three months sun up to sun down. So your like hourly rate is too low, but yeah. I'm like the, the skills and the knowledge and just whatever that we learned, like that's not a, there's not a price tag for that. Yeah, yeah. totally. Not to mention we made double what we put into our first mm-hmm. band right when we sold it so it was totally worth it Mm -hmm. um i I mean even the time we put in you know right i remember watching you guys on insta story when you were documenting the whole journey and i was like holy shit like this is crazy like because we've never really been into van life so like i know there's that whole culture right of people building their vans and the whole thing and I, I never you're not into it. No, I mean, like, we just never like we lived in a van in New Zealand for a couple of weeks <laughs> traveling around. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. But like, we realized that we might not be van people. But I also say I had you always say that, but I'm always like, if we would have been able to custom build it to our needs, then it would have been a, it probably that makes a, been a totally it makes different story. Well, I was going to say, after listening to y'all's talk at TravCon, which was amazing, (laughs) you turn people who are like, I don't think this is for me to like, I was like taking notes. I'm like, hmm, okay. I went and spoke to a dealership after your talk. (laughs) Oh my God. I love that. I think like you were saying, like the A, just circling back to the figuring it out. Mm -hmm. Um, If you guys know Marie Forleo, she always as everything you're outable we talked like, about her on our first podcast with you guys a lot. yeah <laughs> it's like our mantra because it's so true it's like you guys knew nothing about it and you're like hey like let's do this we can figure it out we're gonna learn it together it builds those chops it builds that confidence and then you guys ended up building this incredible van and like took it out and like lived in it mm-hmm. you know like it's just like crazy to see that and then you got, so when we talked to you the last time you were building Bev, mm-hmm. okay. And you hadn't lived in her yet. So that was like its own project, its own thing that you guys did. But when you actually went out to live in it and you were working a contract, right? So for a healthcare traveler that's thinking of like, I'm going to be working and living in this van. What was that like for you guys? Honestly, the, 
the first part of it was really, really easy because we were in Monterey, California, which is just kind of beautiful year round. Mm -hmm. Um, and we stayed in a really, uh, like pretty campsite that had like gorgeous sunset views every night. So it was actually really great. Um, and I feel, I mean, I feel like really just weather dictates it. Like it was, it was easy at first because we went to like the perfect climate and, you know, Monterey has these perfect little like pull-offs on the side of the road to be by the ocean. So Mm -hmm. we didn't really have like a rough, I would honestly, I might argue that van life, if you're going to be at an RV park, like van life on contract is probably easier than off contract only because you know where you're sleeping every night, you know, where you're going to shower, you know, where to dump, you know, where to fill water. So like the decisions aren't there and you're in your, in your home. Mm -hmm. And so like, even like, you know, lunch breaks, like he can just come out to the van and eat or like, and then when we go on weekend trips, like we have a place to stay no matter where we go. So, you know, I, w- I would say it's almost easier. But that's, that's if you're in an RV park, because yeah. like the, the exhausting part about van life as a healthcare traveler can be the extra chores that you have to do. So like Jazz just mentioned, like you have to find your water to fill up your fresh tanks. You have to empty your gray water, which is like you know, the spill off of your dishes and stuff like that. You have to find a place to do those things. But when you're at an RV park, all those decisions are already made. So that like extra stress of your like van life chores are off of you. Right. If you're just going to like rent a parking spot at somebody's house or you know what I mean? Like not Mm -hmm. have all your amenities right next to you. That's when van life can get kind of exhausting. Right. Or if you're going to stay in not a perfect climate, like we stayed in Seaside, Oregon. The first month was beautiful because it was like August. I think I started August 31st. So it was like September was beautiful. And then the next three months were just like nonstop rain. So we were like actually stuck in our 60 square feet of our van and it was not fun. But usually van life is like you're living out of your van, not in your van. So like the doors are always open. You always have a fresh breeze coming through. Like you might be sitting outside half the time. So like it doesn't feel like the walls are closing in. But if the weather's not cooperating, if you're going somewhere where the weather's not going to work out and you're going to be stuck in your van, then yeah. it's not so fun. Uh, yeah, that's where I'm like, no. I have I would, two yeah. questions. So you don't have a bathroom. So you have to go, like you use the campground, I guess, bathroom to shower and do your well, good lot, So So you can you can totally have a toilet in your van. We just and did, a shower. We did okay. it in our first van because yeah. public restrooms are just like way more abundant than you think they are in the U.S. Like, there's literally a toilet everywhere. You know, like there are moments where you're cutting it close, but like we were totally fine with that. But in our oh second van that we're building currently, we are going to have either like an RV cassette toilet or a composting toilet. So we're going to have that option. Okay. But we're not, we're not sacrificing the square footage for a shower. Like, you know, a lot of people choose to do. And with a shower, you have to carry tons and tons and tons of water. And okay. we don't want to have like that extra weight or have to fill the water that often. Okay. The, the shower makes sense. I, are you sealing off the toilet? Or are you guys just going to be pooping in all your glory with each other? Oh, right. So you you, we haven't done it yet, but probably how it'll work is one of us will take honey for a walk and the other one will go. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah, you'll get a yeah. system going. Yeah. 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 Okay. And it, it'll be more like, um, we'll just use it when, like if there's a public toilet, we'll I'm go there. going to opt for that. You know, right. but if, if like, you know, we're at this beautiful campsite and we don't want to have to leave, then we'll yeah. go in the van. But you actually don't, you don't realize either how nice it is to not have to clean a toilet or to buy 
like basically have to buy toilet paper. It's actually really, really nice because that's so <laughs> the little things that add yeah. up. So, yeah. yeah, we've been buying like those like toiletry stuff for the condo. We're like, when does this get, when has this gotten so expensive? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what the heck? Yeah. I know we have a toilet in our van, a toilet and a shower. Never use the shower, but I have like a teeny tiny little bladder. So for me, like I would be running back and forth to like <laughs> the bathroom. So we did have that just for tinkling. Yeah. yeah. So I have two, two things about that. One is pee smells worse than number two, number two smells when it's mixed with water. So I would say dumping pee is more gross. Oh yeah. Okay. For a while. But anyways, I don't know. We've never dumped number two yet. So. Yeah. But in Bev, <laughs> in Bev, yeah, but with compost, it's yeah, yeah. But so anyways, with Bev, we had like little like Nalgene bottles that we would go into. And for the women, I had like a little funnel and I learned how to use the funnel to go into a water bottle. Um, but I think for our second van is named Fran. And for Fran, we're going to have like, we're going to cut a hole through the bottom and then I'll have like the funnel and it'll just go out the bottom of the van. If you're in a place where it's appropriate to do so. Right. Yeah. Uh, so literally Fran <laughs> the van. Yeah. Francesca the Vancesca. Oh, I love, I love it. that. Franny the Vanny. <laughs> Franny the Vanny. I love yeah. that. So, okay. So you guys decided to sell Bev and now you're, which was your first van. And now you're doing this new rebuild with Fran. Yeah. What are you doing differently? Like, what are you, what's going to make it easier for you guys to live in this thing? Let me, let me add to that question. If you can remember the first question, are you guys, I have one more too. are you guys just like jump in and do it kind of like, you never know until you go kind of people, or did you try to really think things through? Because now that you're building the van here, was it because you learned so much that you were like, we need a new van or was it just, yeah. We want to, you know, we want a new van. So the main reason we needed a new van is because we got a puppy and honey. Supposed, she was supposed honey bee. Yeah. She was supposed to be like 35 pounds and she's probably like 50 right now. Yeah. Oh my God. So yeah. So <laughs> are you feeding her? <laughs> no, she's just she's just bigger than they thought she would be. Yeah. But um, yeah, she's not like she barely hungry. eats. We're like, yeah, can she you eat eats. your food? Like she's anyways. not food incentivized. It's very frustrating. But anyways, yeah. you, you made me lose my train of thought. So okay, we so we got a new van basically because the wall started closing in with Honey in there because she needed a space for her thing. She needed a space herself. Like she didn't really have a space in our van because we didn't build it with the intention to get a puppy. Um, but so we started looking into selling it. And actually my parents' neighbor in my itty bitty town had the same van that we did, but two feet longer. And he had planned to build it into a camper van as well. So he had bought that van before our first van, Bev. So we walked our happy butts over there and we're like, do you want to sell your van? And okay. he was like, no, I'm going to build it into a camper van. So at that time he still had those plans. So we bought our van, built it out, traveled in it for two years. And then we asked him again, cause it didn't look like much progress was happening and he was ready to sell the van. So he, I don't think okay. he was ready to take on the project. I don't really know. But yeah. he gave, so he but, gave us a really good deal on the van and it only had 1500 miles when we bought it. So wow. it was like, basically yeah. a brand i mean it's 2019 it had 1500 miles on it so it's basically a brand new van we get like to push the restart button yeah on, wow. like, van. and um, it hasn't been built at all like it's gutted okay. uh he has materials but he hasn't done anything okay so then what are you guys gonna do differently than that like what are the top like you're like we're gonna do this differently and it's gonna make life easier for us 
So there is, so basically the main thing is Honey has a built-in like kennel now. So she has like a space or a place to go to when, you know, we're kind of shuffling around each other. It's a small space. Like we just say, hey, Honey, go place. And she can go into her little den. It's just like built into one of our benches that we've created. Um, And then, so this might only make sense if you have know a little bit about van life, but instead of like a dinette bed, so a dinette's like in an RV, you have like two benches and a table and the table comes down and, you know, makes a bridge to make your bed. Mm -hmm. Um, So instead of that, that's what we had in our first van. We have a higher bed that's like fixed. So then once you open the back doors, there's like this fixed garage space where we can store things. So like if we decide to become like snow bunnies and go like skiing, we can like get our own gear and actually fit like substantially large things in the van. So that's another benefit. And then our bed actually, so you guys might have to go on Instagram to make this make sense, but our bed actually pushes in and out too. So it's kind of like on slats. So during the day we can push our bed in. This isn't making any sense. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. So we have like we have like a queen bed in the back of our van. Has two pieces. And it's sliced into two. Okay. So we can pick up one mattress, put it on top of the other, push the slats in, and then that second piece of the mattress comes down onto a day bed that we've created under that part of the bed that's pushed in. That that will make like a couch. Genius. See, that's what we would have. That was our biggest, like, we don't want to put the bed away every and take it out. I was like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It was above the driving. Yeah, but like the one down below, that's why we would never go down there. Yeah. Yeah. And then probably the one other main thing big Another big change. Big change is we got a bigger fridge. We're very, I'm very excited about it. That wasn't going to be my big change, but we also, yeah, we also got a, yeah. I won that argument, but, and uh, (laughs) and we put it on top of a cabinet this time. So our fridge is like actually at eye level. Like if you, if you look at van life Instagram, a lot of people put them like down into a cabinet. You have to like, kind of like crouch your neck and like look down into the fridge. It's easy to let, you know, stuff get pushed to the back of the fridge and go bad. But now everything we have is on eye level. So our food's not going to go bad. Makes a huge difference. We can fit more food. Mm -hmm. And it's just more convenient. You know, you're used to, you know, when you cook every single day, you don't want to have to be like, Crouch down. I was going to say, that's very PT of you, ergonomics. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I have to add my big change is this time we're going to have like a desk area for me. I'm going to have like a second monitor so that. I have a dedicated workspace every, you know, every day that I can go to. And when I'm not using it, the table will go down mm-hmm. and it'll be a bench. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So I'm super excited about So we're that. getting in the weeds, but basically like, yeah. okay, our, our bed is usually a queen. It's pushed into a twin, right? And then in front of that, that's the like day bed portion is what we call it. And then the dinette is like this and it has a table between two benches. And then the table comes down. And so now we have like an L-shaped like lounge area in our van. What? Oh, that's Wait, amazing. and you guys are like building all of this yourselves. Yeah, it's like 70% done. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Having a custom van is makes all the difference because van life can be inconvenient, but when it fits your needs, when it's built for you, it's way different. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, the other, the last question I wanted to ask was about, you said that you guys cook every day and- we're like, we cook pretty much all meals at home. Like we love to go out to eat, but we like to eat healthy and we do a lot of cooking. And that was the other thing with our van. Like there was, I couldn't get in there and like do my good work in the kitchen. Um, and on top of that, couldn't stock up on groceries. Yeah. Like, grocery runs every day. It was a small, it was a small van, but 
what are your thoughts on just being able to cook a real meal? Like you would in like an apartment, is it same, or do you just have to think differently about the meals you're going to be preparing? Honestly, cooking is a challenge for us, even in like house yeah. life. So we're we not, don't, we're, I don't know if we're like the best ones to answer that, but right. you can make your kit, you can custom build your, your van to where your if your kitchen is your priority, that's, you know, like you can do the oven, you can make sure you have countertop space. You can make sure you have enough storage for all of your food. You know, okay. so I don't, again, if, if that's what you like, then just build your van to where that is the most, you know, the priority. So we're basically okay. like, kind of like lazy, lazy crock pot cookers. Like we like to cook in bulk and then just kind of eat that throughout the week. Okay. But we'll make like a healthy meal on Sunday, maybe two meals. And then we'll just eat that throughout the week versus like cooking every night. So okay. we didn't make like an oven in our van. Cause we probably wouldn't use it that often. And it eats up like square footage, you know? Yeah, um, but there, are, there are people that are massive like foodies and cooks that just customize their van to accommodate that. And, you know, you just have to consider things like the power draw of the oven because like we have an off grid electrical system. Right. So if you're running the oven all the time, it's going to drain your batteries. Unless so, you get like, a propane one. Yeah, but you can get or you're plugged all... in, right? Or yeah, or you can in. be plugged in. Yeah, but you're yeah. in van life, like, quote unquote, van life, you're not really plugged in. You're mostly, I would say most van lifers are off grid 99% of the time. Not us, buddy. Well, we are, yeah, we are in the campgrounds every night. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like if you want to be plugged in, like you might as well get like a travel trailer yeah. an RV or, you yeah. know, something that, okay. something Definitely. that's kind of designed to like live in the RV park versus like one of the biggest benefits of van life is the ability to be off grid and like go find those beautiful camping spots, like by a lake or with a mountain view or like with an right. ocean. Like that's, that's the appeal of van life. Can you be off grid when you're in a contract though? Or is this only when you guys are van liking, like your adventures on the weekends and stuff? We would go off grid on the weekend, but like for tax reasons, we're not tax experts, but like we're required right. to pay for an RV site, okay. duplicate expenses, or, you know, we choose an RV site, but you could also, there are other from, ways, from our understanding, yeah. you could rent a parking space or something like that, but you have to be duplicating expenses just like you do with short-term housing right. Uh, right. during an assignment. Mm -hmm. But when I'm not working and we are full-time van life, we are, we don't have to pay rent like where we're traveling to. We're still paying rent at home, but we right. don't have to pay it wherever we're traveling, which is a huge cost saver because hotels, Airbnbs, oh, yeah. you guys know how quickly those can like yes. eat up the budget. No. That's what we were saying. Like, I don't know if we could live in a van full time, but we really want to get one for long weekends, adventures, like mm -hmm. just being able, you know, how much freedom it gives you. You can just go out yeah. and explore and not have to pay $200 for an Airbnb. Like a night. It's crazy. Well, I mean, and that's, we always get the itch when we've been traveling internationally for a long extended time. And then we know we have to come home and our families. I mean, they have spaces for us, but you know, it's one of those things that we're, That's we're a whole other topic. Yeah. yeah. There's always a million people around. Yeah. 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 So we always have to get a hotel or an Airbnb and we're just like, why don't we get a van? Like we could just pull up in the driveway and still have our separate space, yeah. you mm -hmm. know, it'd be good. And then that dies out after, you know, yeah, we get yeah. settled somewhere. Yeah. So we used to like, after I would take a contract, but, so we did short-term housing for the first two years. And whenever I would finish a contract, we'd feel like stressed and like we needed to sprint back home to Kansas because we didn't want to pay like astronomical Airbnb or hotel fees. So if we didn't have like a friend to go stay with affordably, like we would go back home, which is not a short drive. Yeah, we I remember one day because we got like stuck in like there was a wreck and then there was traffic. We drove like 16 hours in one day before Holy the van to actually only drive like eight or nine hours. Yeah, it was brutal. Right. 
Versus right. if we had the van, we could have just been like, okay, let's just pull over and, you know, stay, you know, there's all different right. kinds of places to stay. Yeah. Right. Okay. So you guys are obviously pro van life. If anyone is in listening, that's maybe considered it, but they're not really sure where to even begin. Like, what would you, what are, what would you say to someone that's like, like, where would they start? Like the first step of like, let me see where, where do I go first? Well, first of all, we are pro van life, but also it's not for everybody. Like, yeah. You know, like we would love everybody to live in a van because like of the growth and everything that you experience from it. But some people aren't going to be able to, you know, I guess like be able to handle the everyday stressors or it might not be worth the things that you're sacrificing might not be worth what you're gaining from it. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you if you want, if van life sounds like it's for you, which feel free to hit us up if you want to learn more. But you can look on sites like you used car gurus and auto trader. Well, that's to buy. But, oh, sorry, things that you could do to figure out if you want to. So you could either rent a camper van, which is, it can be on the expensive side, but, you mm-hmm. know, if you're only going to do it for a couple of days to get a taste or maybe a week and take like but, an epic trip. But again, they rented and then they were like, this is not for us. Yeah. Okay. So, so just good. take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> so, but then we decided not to get it. So it did kind of give us that yeah. recognition that we were just like, you know what, this isn't for us. And we thought we were going to be obsessed, you know? Yeah, but but and, also if, you, if you're like trying to go on a national park excursion, like it's the best way to do it because you're so close to the parks where you sleep and stuff like that. So it, totally. even if it is expensive, maybe like on an Airbnb level, you have the freedom And then if, if that's too expensive for you and you already have like a mini SUV or a vehicle where you could throw a mattress in the back, like try that because honestly, it's pretty similar to van life. Like it's not as luxurious or it's not like glamping like van life is, but it's still very similar and you have to figure out how to get electricity. You have to figure out how to get water. You need to figure out where you're going to go to the bathroom. Like those are all everyday like decisions that we have to make when we live in a van. So it gives you a really, really good taste of what it might be like. Okay. This just sparked one last question, um, because as we know, like we can get really burnt out with traveling, right? We talked about it. We're like, we're done. We're hanging it up, whatever. Burn the scrubs. Do you think that with van life, because there's also a million decisions to make and other things you have to do, I guess that's the same in apartment life too, but it's like all the little things you have to think about and do that you don't necessarily do when you're settled in an apartment. Do you think it adds to any kind of burnout for you guys or- it's not that, it's not that serious. If anything, van life prevents burnout for us because I can afford to take way more time off work because we're living so affordably when I'm not working. So good answer. again, before I used, we either, I needed to take another contract on the West coast or we needed to go back home to Kansas. So we weren't paying to live. Right. We were paying very minimally. We're paying rent back home, but like we were, we're not paying extra money to live that we weren't already paying. You know what I mean? So yeah. van life, because we pay very, very little to live when we're off grid, like I can take more time off work during the, during the year to avoid burnout and kind of mm-hmm. like explore my own passion projects. Cause like the last three years, I've only worked like six months out of the year, which is incredible. You know, yeah. like it's not only two weeks a year, like a perm position. So it's just like, it lets you get your kind of like your soul back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm trying to think like, as I feel like that's a really good question of like, does the van life chores like really get to you and kind of add to that travel exhaustion? And I'm trying to think if like, we've ever experienced that in the van. I mean, probably like on a, on a small level, like 
you know, like I get off work and we have to go to the laundromat. It's like, ah, uh, it could be way easier to have like, you know, a washer and dryer in our unit, but we didn't have that most of the time in California anyway. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I think it's not that... in our apartment here. So. I know, we have to go down. So it feels like that. Anyway. Yeah. So maybe what the answer is like, you know, the, with those tours, like if we ever are experienced that, it's almost like it's just life. It's just like, life. Yeah. yeah, like there, there's going to be problems in a house life. There's going to be things that pop up in van life, like no matter what. And I think it kind of comes back to like checking in with yourself and growing and like figuring out like, what do I need right now? Like, do I need to like, that's why we're at the condo right now is just to like kind of recharge and regroup and finish the van and just get like get settled in my new job and just kind of take take the time to do things where like we don't have to make decisions about where we're going to shower or you know where we're going to fill up with water but I think it's just always like checking in with yourself and like figuring out what you need well and like you learn to be more intentional with what you're doing so like in a van we only have two or three dishes of each, like of a bowl, of a plate, of a fork. So like you wash your dishes when you use them and then you put them away. Yeah. Versus like with a dishwasher you or with a sink, you like a regular house sink, you just let everything pile up and then you do it all at once. So that's yeah. like intentionality, right? Or like when we do laundry on a Sunday at the laundromat, we meal prep in the parking lot of the laundromat because our house is right outside. So you like stack these chores that kind of suck you just again that's intentionality right so you right. find ways to make it more sustainable i love you that guys i know you, you have guys have all figured the tips. it out man i love you <laughs> we could literally talk to you like all day we yeah. even before we came on like we could talk for five hours and i'm yeah. like i'm not done like let's keep going <laughs> I, know, I, know, I have I so many more questions uh, i wanted to ask you guys um but just like for everyone listening, where can they find you guys, support connect you guys. you, support you? Also, I don't think you guys are doing this, but are you, you should be coaching people that want to get into van life? Uh, we've, I mean, yeah, it. like informally, yes, we definitely are. Like okay. people message us a lot on Instagram and just ask us questions. So I guess, yeah. Yeah, we I think we even have hopped on like a Zoom yeah. call with people just to like answer some of their questions before. But but there's but there's like in van life, there's like you know, experts like on van life, like we know it. And I don't want to like under you know, like um undermine that or not, whatever. But, but I feel like in healthcare traveling, there's yeah. not a lot of people that's, doing it. So it's oh, yeah, that's very yeah. true. Yeah. For yeah. like our community, right? And and like mm-hmm. there, if you go type in van life on YouTube, there's especially now versus 2020 when we did our first van, like there are just resources for like days. But I will so, say, I mean, Aaron, uh Kim's right, like like one on one. Oh no, 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 just like for travel healthcare workers, like oh, van yeah. life versus like being a van life travel healthcare worker is very yes. different. Yeah, yes. but we, I mean, okay, so her question was, where can they find Oh, us? yeah, so, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I know, we can, like, let's just go, come on. Yeah. <laughs> We're on Instagram and TikTok at Skip and Jazz, so that's S-K-I-P and the word, J-A-Z-Z, so those are and our names. And We'll put it in the show uh, notes, too, so. Yeah, yeah, and then our blog is skipandjazzjohnson.com, so just the same thing, but with Johnson at the end, our last name, and is there anything else? I mean, we're, we were like on YouTube for a hot sec. That's still like in our, that's still like in the back like, pocket. Yeah. It's a dream of ours. We want to do more YouTube, yeah, yeah. but it's, it's, taking so a much work. it's a lot of work, man. <laughs> the editing. Video so, editing. Yeah. So we're on there too. As I love to film, Johnson. but the editing part. Yeah. I know. I literally was going through and found like our day in New York. And I was like, from like three years ago, that never came out. Like yeah. the entire video. Yeah. So. And so yeah. we, we post mostly to like, 
inspire people to chase an alternative lifestyle, but we also specifically coach like PTOT SLPs into thriving, successful travel therapists. So if anybody wants help with that, we can help with that. If you want to know more about van life, we're totally open to answering and answering any questions you have. Yes. Or if you want to watch us do like some stupid TikTok trends, like we're always yes. down to those uh, silly dances and stuff like that. That's yes. what I was saying. Did that come during the van build? That's when TikTok hit the hit, right? This was like such a missed opportunity. So we were on TikTok. We were like having like really good success. And then we started building the van. So we stopped doing TikTok right when 2020 happened. I'm like, yeah. they could be TikTok famous. <laughs> 100%. Oh and like doing it fun while you're building the van. Yes. Tips on, oh, so, so we're like sitting, we're sitting there like posting on Instagram stories. Like I'm just learning how to post an Instagram story because yeah. I barely know how to do that. And In we're like, yeah. and we're like, why didn't we just like make TikTok? Yeah, because those only, la- you know, Instagram stories are only 24 yeah. hours. I'm right. like, we would spend probably an hour, hour and a half every day after the build to upload. Because then after a while, people are like, where's the van build update? So we're yeah. like, we got to get this done. I'm like, why weren't we putting it on TikTok? So anyways, well, that's okay reels. because I the feel overall. Like you can do reels and then on TikTok too, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 I don't even think reels existed yet. But no, they did. Right. But now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you it was just like your TikToks and throwing them over to your reels, and now you have yeah. yeah, yeah. So my up my message with that is like just do the thing. Like yeah. if you don't feel like you're ready, just like just do it. You know, like yeah. yeah, yeah. We've been wanting to get on TikTok too. I've been we, like, doing never right. do it. I've been posting every day. <laughs> oh, you're supposed well, to be. I have been. Go check. <laughs> I'm gonna check when we get off. Go check. <laughs> All right. All right, so I, I have a guinea pig question for you guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna test this out. So final question. Final. <laughs> um, don't know if it's gonna work, but it'll be fun. Um, so Kim and I's slogan tag is map your own path and always stay trap sessed. And so with this travel life, what does mapping your own path and I mean I want to include trap sess in a way, but like what is your definition of mapping your own path? Like creating your own life. Yeah, I was going to say it's, it's finding a way to make like this life where we are just making decisions based on what we want and not for anybody else or society, like to make this a long-term sustainable thing. I mean, travel healthcare, I have no idea whether it's on the horizon forever. I mean, it probably is. I mean, we're healthcare workers, we're needed everywhere, but we want to be even, we want to have even more freedom than we do like being in one place for three months. Yeah. Um, it sounds ridiculous, but that's like even a little bit, no, it <laughs> that's a little too much commitment for us now. So we are going to find a way to be able to go wherever we want, whenever we want, and also be able to meet our financial goals. Um, oh, amen. Oh, amen. Dad, any, anything to add? Yeah, um, probably, but I'm more of like a thinker. Like I got to process things. <laughs> yeah, um, me too. Yeah. <laughs> So like, um, just to, I guess to recap the question of like, so like building your own pathway, like mapping your own, what does creating your own path look like or mean, mean to you. Yeah. Yeah, And it could be the same. Like, it feels like you guys are on the same page of like wanting to have that freedom to really do what you love and live a life on your own terms, you know, tethered to anything, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what Skip said is definitely how I feel. I just didn't know if I could add anything i can't believe you don't have anything to add i know because that was a deep question i know i know like i thought i was singer bobby hey i figure things out as i talk she (laughs) i do too i don't i have to i'm the same as you i have to like think about it before or just like 
doesn't come out the way I want to do. Well, yeah. guys, so like we said, we, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, because we, we were going to go off on another tangent. So go so, ahead. No, I was just going <laughs> to say, like I said, we could talk all day, but we really, really appreciate you guys' time being our first video podcast yeah. um, on the Travcess podcast. So I want to just raise a glass. Cheers to you guys. We love speaking love you to guys. you. We love being yes. in your yes. So yes. thank you. And everybody go follow them, reach out to them, all of the things. And then um, they're going to start coaching for van life and create a course. Soon <laughs> yeah. <too>. So yeah. <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> and then all we're right. going to start having weekly Zoom calls. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. If we've learned anything from this podcast, that is it. Yes. hundred yeah. percent. I love all right, it. Guys. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you guys. Yeah.